we're doing a series today on honor. And uh, uh, we're really kicking into a three-week period of time where we're going to look at some things that the Scripture teaches us about really giving the greatest gift of all this time of year, not only in, in like actual gift giving when we get to December, but the gift of lifting people up around us or honor. And uh, when looking ahead to the holidays, sometimes it's, it's easy to think of tangible things. I don't know if you're like us, we try to be early shoppers to get the good deals. And I say we really loosely, let me admit, it's Dana that does it all, I take credit. But the, you know, you know, it's oftentimes all the gifts are ready by the Thanksgiving season and you're just trying to be ahead. So you're thinking like, oh man, what is the perfect gift for that person that we can afford? Girls, don't get your hopes up just because you're turning 16 in January. Anyway, so the, uh, you know, trying to uh, give the perfect gift is always a blast and it's a lot of fun. But living a life that honors others and lifts others up and is, is consumed with giving the gift of, of honor holds some amazing promises as you look through Scripture. And holds some promises that I think the world we currently live in desperately needs to be aware of. I think we lack the way of honor in the world today. And it's hurting us as a culture. So what if we could reinsert this life lived with honor, and what would the impact be in a community where there's a group of people that are contagiously living a life of honor? And so we're going to look at that during the course of, of this series. We see signs of honor all around us. Maybe today it'll be on a Seahawks jersey where they wear the initials of Paul Allen for the rest of the season to honor their owner that passed away. And just, it's a simple symbol, but an, an honor. And they're demonstrating something to someone and, and a community. Uh, maybe it's an award someone receives at work. That's honor, right? It could be uh, a simple act of honor, like holding a door for someone that's coming in to a store you're going into as well. They're behind you, but now they're in front of you. And you were able to, to just give them that honor of going before you. Uh, it could be a gentleman giving up a seat on the train, the commute to Seattle, because someone who's pregnant walks through the door and there's no seats left. And so you see that moment where they, they just honor this moment in somebody's life. And, and it, it's really interesting because it's really that hospitality as well, right? We'll talk more about that in a couple weeks. But uh, you look at something as simple as, as just elevating others before yourself. And how powerful that can be. The opportunity to honor and experience the power of living a life of the way of honor is all around us. In fact, why don't we pause and say uh, thank you to all of our veterans. Because that's something that's worthy. If you're a veteran, can you stand in here? We just want to say thank you for your service and the time you gave to our country. And uh, thank you. Seriously. It's amazing. Isn't it easy to take for granted what we have around us? And maybe you don't even agree with some of the things our military does. You know, that's not what matters. What matters is that we give honor for people's sacrifice, right? 
that people serve and they deserve honor for serving. It's really interesting the tension we live in because it's almost like we don't want to honor the wrong things, and I'll get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, in extreme situations, the opposite of honor is shame. Like if we're not honoring someone, we're shaming them, or if we aren't honored, maybe we're feeling the tension of shame or disappointment or regret because we missed opportunities. And there is an entire segment of scripture that kind of talks to this as we look at what honor is today ultimately. And it's the Apostle Paul writing to the Romans. And we're, we're looking at Romans 12 today in a moment. And it'll be on the screen or on your app or you can look it up on your phone or your Bible if you have one. The, um, we're going to look at all of Romans 12 in a second. But Paul is writing this instruction guided by the Holy Spirit to the people in the church of Rome. And he's instructing them like this is... Uh, how to live and how not to live. And he's contrasting positives and instruction and negatives and do's and don'ts. But he does it in such a way where it kind of lands at living a life of honor. Listen to the language. It says, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior or customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Verse 3 says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you the warning don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other, every single one of us. In his grace... God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving Give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Right? Kind of feels like he's all over the map right now. Listen to where he's landing here. Verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them always. 
Be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Let me repeat that for just any students in the room, any high schoolers. Don't think, not any particular ones. I'm not pointing anybody out. Anyway, don't think you know it all. I love being a parent and a preacher at the same time. Isn't that fun? I'm probably going to have to owe them like five bucks a piece after this message, but moving on. Verse 17, never pay back, <laughs> never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. There it is again. You, do you feel this pulse in the scripture here? Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you. Conquer evil by doing good. Wow. That's a lot. We could talk about this for weeks. But we're going to zoom in on the passages dealing with honor here. Because while it's probably not the initial intent of Paul's writing there, he was given a lot of general instruction to those in Rome. But he lands at this teaching that deals with teaching the way of honor. Like how to live this life that exemplifies honor. The word honor means to give weight or give value, esteem, admire, respect. These are all words that refer to how one views another and value the attributes of a human, a person, a people, right? And the title for today's talk is The Way of Honor, and the big idea here is live in the way of honor. Like, I just want to live in this way, right? I want to live in this way that gives honor to those around me. So honor, in all the different commentaries you can read, like when we're studying for a series like this three-week series on honor, we're reading all kinds of stuff, drinking a lot of caffeine, praying, and developing these talks, and we're saying, man, what is this? And, and one of the commentaries, it's a HarperCollins Bible Dictionary, says this about honor and shame. It says, according to many cultural anthropologists, the pivotal social value of the biblical word was honor. The pivotal social value of the biblical world was honor. The status that one has in the eyes of those whose opinions one consider to be significant. We would be honored, right? To some extent, honor is ascribed through factors beyond an individual's control. Age, gender, nationality, race, height, physical health, economic class. And the, the, like all define the limits of how much honor one could hope to attain would be by those specific things. Within these parameters, however, there were many things that might increase one's honor. 
religious piety and courage and virtuous behavior, congenial or charitable disposition. And there were many things that might precipitate a loss of honor or even bring its opposite, shame. The language of honor and shame is noticeably prominent throughout the New Testament of the Bible. Some voices in the New Testament seize upon the language to present Christianity as a path to achieve honor and avoid shame. Other voices seek to overturn the conventional wisdom regarding how those values are applied, claiming that it is more honorable to behave like a slave than to lord over others as a person of power and privilege. Some New Testament documents repudiate the fixation with honor altogether, calling on readers to develop a new value system defined by Christ, who did not seek honor or fame or glory, but bore the shame of the cross. He bore our shame. Wow, and we sing about this stuff in worship. The precious cross of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a savior. And it's this moment where we're ascribing the honor to the only one that deserves it, right? To Jesus. And he paves this way for us to live a life so full. Honor is assisted by so many things. That commentary nails it. Like honor is assisted by these things that are so out of our control. Some of you are born into a predisposition for honor. The family you grew up in, born to royalty. Any princes or princes in the room? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that, I forgot about that. I was going to claim my, my rights as a prince. Anybody watching Hallmark and wanting to marry a prince? Okay, moving on. Too many movies already. It's not Christmas yet. Uh, and then it really happens. I just can't, you know, in real life, like Hallmark came true. Megan. Okay, moving on. The rest of uh, us experience honor through a different path. We make choices that lead to honor. And that's kind of what that commentary unpacked a little there and what Paul is encouraging people to do through his, his encouragements and his don'ts and his do's is he's showing this way of making choices that will lead to a disposition of honor. Like it will lead to us being of noble character in the eyes of those around us. The choice to follow Jesus actually makes us a co-heir with Christ to heaven. Like the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. We become royalty eternally by choosing to say, okay, Jesus, I get it. You, you lived a perfect life. You went to the cross and you rose three days later so that I could live life to the full. I'm going to put my faith in this and our disposition shifts in the world we live in. The choice to follow the way of Jesus then is the next step. Okay, man, I'm choosing Jesus, but I'm going to choose to live like Jesus and love everybody around me, serve everyone, no matter their disposition. And living according to the word of God. I love Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. It says, never let loyalty 
and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you'll find favor with both God and people, and you'll earn a good reputation. Other translations would would call that like an honorable reputation or a noble reputation, all interchangeable. A good reputation. You'll have good rapport. You'll be seen as one living in the way of honor. Life will go well for you when you live a life of honor. And on the other hand, if we make choices that offend and polarize the world around us, we choose a path that ends up leading to shame. It ends up to to our shame. It ends up to the shame of those around us. It ends up to the shame that Jesus went to the cross for. And and we need to not choose this, this way we've been, that we've left by following Jesus. We need to embrace his price on the cross and what he did for us so that we could inherit eternal life. It says in Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight and show that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. That's what awaits us who put our faith in Jesus. A couple thoughts on honor that we wanted to unpack today that we see here in Romans 12. And and as we lead into the next couple weeks ultimately embracing our responsibility and privilege as those who have an opportunity to live a life of honor in the world today. Thought one is honor elevates. Honor elevates. Honor builds those up around us. It would be impossible to honor someone without building them up. When we honor people, it's encouraging both to them and to us who are doing the honoring. We honor an employee. We elevate them in the eyes of themselves, give them a pat on the back, but it also elevates them amongst their peers. When we honor the request of someone other than ourselves, we elevate their desire above our own. We're practicing humility, right? But that honors. When we are honored, we experience the lift that comes through the gift of value. We understand people value us as a human, no matter who we are, and we become honored. What might the world look like? And that's just, I don't know if you ask yourself questions like this. I'll, do, I'll sit there and dwell on it forever. What would the world look like if we lived in a way of honor? If we, what would it look like if we, if we gave the space and time to find something in that person we 100% or we think we 100% disagree with? What if we looked intently at their life and said, man, I don't agree with 98% of what you're saying or doing, but there's 2% that is amazing about you. And I'm going to focus on that. 
what would life look like if we didn't dwell on the 98? Sure would be a happier place to live. Oh, come on, Thad, you're being unrealistic. The thing that stands out is the 98. It's not always easy. And some of us don't have a disposition for optimism. <laughs> we can see the negative really easy. But the world needs honor. And there's so much hope within it. What if people felt elevated by being around you? And what if you took joy from lifting up those who felt down? It takes incredible endurance and patience and focus to do it for some of us. What if we give honor more than we receive honor? In the way we work, you could even receive honor. It's interesting. This passage, I was like, for some reason, it just came to me while I was thinking about this series. But it's always one of those that's made me go, that is so cool. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says, do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. What a simple passage, but the reality is if we give ourselves to something, if we just become dedicated, often we find ourselves being honored and elevated way more than we ever would have anticipated. But we can become so distracted by every opportunity and whim around us that we never really give ourselves to a mission or a calling. And if we determine to live a life that elevates or is worthy of being elevated, we'll live in the way of honor. Even if we feel we're just a common worker, as Proverbs says. I'm just doing the labor that needs to be done. That's worthy of honor. Never disqualify yourself from being elevated. Because God will show up and lift you up. Thought two, honor attributes value. It, it makes us comprehend that we're valued in the world around us. Living in a time where genuine honor is given by fewer and fewer people, we have a, a, like this society filled with those who feel less and less valued and feel like giving up ultimately. What if we could turn that upside down? And that people around us would feel more and more valued. Because we would attribute value to them. Romans 12 said we would keep company with all people. Even ordinary people, whatever that means. Loving in a way that is truly loving. Not loving with an agenda. Well, I'm going to love my neighbor if they come to church. Really? Is that what the Bible teaches us? Not at all. Love your neighbor as yourself. Period. No agenda. That's our job. That's why God put us where we're at in our neighborhood. That's why God puts you on your commute. That's why God puts you at your workplace. So be skilled at honoring those around you, right? Honoring may not come easy as it does not I'm not a built-in wired encourager of others. Like I have to ha I have to have a repeat task. Encourage someone this week, you know, it's like, like that's my personality. I just put the blinders on and get things done. And then I have to remember, oh, I need to thank those around me. Because I'm not doing anything alone. That would be miserable. Yesterday we had an opportunity to honor 
my wife, Dana, we honored her mom. It's her 70th birthday. And so it was really cool to be able to, to watch a family honor their mother. And now I'm like in that bus. I like married into that, right? And how cool it is. And to watch all the grandkids honor grandma. It was a surprise party. And uh, there was a lot of work that went into it. A lot of money spent. A lot of invites and planning and trying to keep it secret and working around. And oops, did we include her in that text chain? Or did she see that on Facebook? Or, you know, trying to figure it all out. One, uh, they, they created and had people send in videos of things that they were excited about and, and just grateful for Renee for. And incredibly, it turned out to be like 14 minutes long or something, but there was hours of footage that, that Dana's brother had to edit down to 14 minutes. What a great problem to live a life that so many people wanted to honor. And it was cool to be a part of this moment. Forethought went into it, and it attributed just so much value to her. That's, that's giving honor. Showing genuine honor towards somebody is, is truly an effort of love. And we need to love genuinely. It takes work. It takes intentionality. It, for some of us, it, it takes just discipline. But then it becomes normal, regular, part of who we are. Not only for the one being honored, but for, for us to give honor or receive honor is a wonderful thing. One of the discoveries, as we looked at Romans 12 and studied some of the commentaries, even like the excerpt that I read for you just a second ago, is to realize that living an honorable life, one that is uniquely set apart in its behavior and love for all people, will allow those that observe your way of life to prove or disprove that Jesus is real. Like, they'll watch your life. They'll, How's that church thing you do? I get asked that as a pastor, you know. Jaden said that maybe you filled out the connect card a thousand times. Because I'm a geek, I did the math, 451 services we've had so far. I'm just a nerd. But, you know, you maybe have filled out the connect card if you've had perfect attendance for the last nine years, 451 times. But you look at that and just go, we've had 451 opportunities to grow a service and a church here in Bonnie Lake. And... So as the pastor, I have people that watch me knowing we started this church saying, how's that thing going that you started? They don't even know that it's called church, you know? How's that thing going that you do at the high school? Oh, like church, you know? <laughs> and it's a great conversation. I love to have it. But you're asked that in one way or another too. Why? People will ask, what are you doing for Christmas? Hey, is your church doing anything? Or what are you, you know, you'll, it'll come up in a casual conversation whether we catch it or not. The reality is, it's because they're watching your life. They're noticing your actions, whether they're honorable or not. And we can make choices, and this is what Paul was addressing in Romans 12, 
that disqualify our message or elevate it. And man, we need to live this life of honor so that people can see a pure picture of God in the world today and of love. It opens them up to the difference Jesus could make in their life. They could find true life and peace of mind in a growing relationship with Jesus. That's our calling. That's what we're sent on mission to do in the world around us. He's pleading with the Romans to stay on this path of honorable living so that people can find Jesus. Stick with it. And it's interesting because I think sometimes we just want to disagree with people and be done with loving them. This week was election week. Not easy for people, right? There's a lot of polarization in politics. I guarantee I didn't vote the same as people in this room. And you didn't vote the same as me or the person sitting next to you, even if you're married in some instances, right? And you know what? That's perfectly fine. That's the way God designed us and wired us. Some of us just see the solution to the same end differently. And it doesn't mean we hate each other. It means we honor the sacrifice each other's making to get to the end goal. To live in this incredible world we live in with the amazing freedoms we have. And I look at that and I just go, man, why do we cut people off or live in such a dishonorable, cynical way? Because we don't agree with a person or an initiative. I have great friends on both sides, which just bothers me to even say, of the political realm. And that's awesome. We can be united and serve and give and, and be shoulder to shoulder meeting the needs of this community, even though we totally disagree with the best way to get there. We were never taught to be robots and fall in line. We're taught to be unique and creative and have our own way. And I look at that and I go, no more do I want to live in the shame of dishonor. Well, I don't do this. I learned a long time ago. But to just throw stuff out that is dishonorable at people online. And you see in weeks like this week, just, man... I respect these people who got elected, even if I didn't vote for them. And the sacrifice they're going to pay, and that their family's going to pay, wouldn't wish on a lot of people. They need our prayer. They don't need our arrows. We don't need to throw darts at them or shoot darts at them. And I just look at that and go, let's live in a way of honor. Let's treat even those that we don't agree with with honor and watch what happens then. Isn't that what he said? Bless those you don't agree with. Love those who do things that even hurt you. I don't know. It's challenging to me. Being united even though we have different opinions is possible. Accepting our differences and still serving shoulder to shoulder, that's the way of honor. <laughs> when we love one another, even in our differences, we attribute value to each other, and that's honor, and it shocks people, and like Paul was saying, you should stand out in some way or another in the world around you if you're following Jesus. Like, and he called it living in honorably. Man, that would be different if we love people even though we don't agree with each other. 
that's honorable. We should be the best at it. We shouldn't really quickly put ourselves on one side or the other and offend entire people groups and lose our voice. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. We're challenged here. Final thought, thought three. Honor sets the table for good. The graphic, right? What's the deal with the table? Honor sets the table for good in the world around us. Honor literally paralleling hospitality, which we're going to talk about in two weeks. But honor sets this table and prepares the opportunity for the gospel to be made clear to people around us. It's this different way of living called honor that shapes the opportunities we have. And it was my daughter that reminded me of a quote from Bob Goff I shared a while back that I was challenged by reading. It says, when you have all that you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence. We need to become more hospitable and more honoring to the world around us and let them sit at the table. Let's sit at the table together, have a meal together and have a conversation and value each other. Build one another up. Honor sets the table. I pray that this series would set the table for something beautiful to come in and through your life in this community. Letting go of the shame of your past, embracing what Jesus did with your shame on the cross, and understanding you're not disqualified from living an honorable life. Well, I lost that opportunity. I've made so many mistakes. I can't live in the way of honor anymore. Wrong. Jesus went to the cross to bear your shame and my shame so that we now have a clean slate. We can start again every day and live in an honorable way. It's never too late to begin again. We have moments daily we can rise to the level of living in the way of honor if we just open our eyes and look around us. And that's our challenge. Our action point this week to you, honor God with your life. What does it say there at the beginning of Romans 12? That your life, your literal body, your, your life is your best form of worship to God. We sing some amazing songs and worship team's going to lead us in one as we even reflect on the talk today. But the challenge is this. Our life is the best worship. We have the opportunity this Saturday to stand shoulder to shoulder with hundreds of volunteers in the second largest volunteer community moment in East Pierce County called the Community Big Give, an idea that now serves the needs of 4,000 plus people in our community. How does this happen with a church of 140 or however many are here? It happens because we just live in a way that elevates others around us. We serve people unconditionally and just consistently find ways to live a life of honor. No strings attached. We just want to elevate the people around us and meet their needs and serve them unconditionally. That's an act of worship to God, more beautiful than any song. We have opportunities to, to live this lifestyle weekly, daily, moment to moment. And my challenge to you is take note this week. 
take note of a moment where you find yourself and go, oh, I could elevate myself here or I could elevate someone else in this moment. As easy as opening a door for someone before you open it for yourself and, and just go, that was cool. Open the door for your wife or clean, do, do a chore that's not your normal chore. Do something, just honor those around you. Write an encouraging note. Send a text thinking of you today. Thank you for all you've done in my world. Honor is a daily practice and it becomes a lifestyle. Philippians 4.8, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When you notice those moments this week, I want you to pause and say, thank you, God, for allowing me to live a life of honor. Lord, I thank you for everyone that is able to join us today at Open Life. Thank you for the impact their life makes in the world around us. I thank you for giving us the ability to live this life, this way of honor. And I pray that, Lord, you would challenge us. Man, give us the insight into the daily opportunities we have to elevate others before ourselves, to attribute value to the world around us and set the table for people to discover how much they're loved by God and how much God is faithful through the honor of his people. Lord, may this series challenge us to grow in a relationship with you deeper than we have before. And maybe some in this room today have not made that choice to follow you and say yes to Jesus, which is this moment of themselves being honored and elevated to be a co-heir of heaven. So we give opportunity now. If, you, if you've not yet made that decision to follow Jesus, simply just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for taking my shame on the cross and raising three days later so that I could have the promise of eternal life. Being a co-heir of heaven, wow. But not just in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for paving the way for me to live in an honorable way today, made new through a relationship with you. Help me to grow in this relationship. God, help us all to grow. And take note of the moments we have where we can honor others before ourselves this week. Use us for your fame and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. and then Jaden.